Welcome to this week's virtual draw. So this week we have the incredible privilege to read Parsha's Vayigash. And in this Parsha, we read of the dramatic revelation of Yosef to his brothers. Yosef reveals his identity. Yosef, it's me, it's Yosef. Is my father alive? What's happening? Yosef trying to sort out, trying to figure out all the information they had given him up until this point. Was it true? Was it not true? Uh, dramatic reunion. Yosef overwhelmed the brothers so overwhelmed that they were unable to respond. But to me, one of the most moving parts of this reunion is when the two brothers, Yosef and Binyamin, see each other. Because, see, Yosef and Binyamin both shared a unique type of pain. They lost their beloved mother, Rachel. Yosef was all alone in this world, not without a father in Mitzrayim, without brothers, or I should say brothers who, who stripped him and robbed him of, of everything. Binyamin had also lost his mother, Rachel. Binyamin lost his older brother Yosef, and now those two brothers, the two remnants of Rachel Imenu, meet and embrace. And the Torah says, this is in Perek Memhei, Pasuk Yedalet, Bayipo al-Savari Binyamin Ochi Bayifch, or Binyamin Bacha al-Savar. Literally translated, Yosef fell on the necks, plural, on the necks of Binyamin, and he cried, and Binyamin cried on Yosef's neck. So the imagery is quite gripping. Yosef falls on Binyamin and is sobbing on Binyamin's neck. Binyamin falls on Yosef, sobbing on Yosef's neck. But the question is obvious. Why, when it refers to the neck of Binyamin, does it use the plural of necks? And yet, again, when it refers to the neck of Yosef, it's singular. In other words, I understand why the neck of Yosef is singular. A person has one neck. Why two necks by Binyamin? And Rashi explains so beautifully, according to the Medrash, that the neck ultimately is a metaphor for the Beis HaMikdosh. And what does it mean that Yosef fell and cried on the two necks of Binyamin? Remember, again, the base Hamikdash was in the tribal area of Binyamin. The truth is, part of it was in Binyamin, part of it was in Yehuda. So the neck, the neck, Rashi Yaakovish quotes the Medrashis, is a metaphor for the base Hamikdash. And in that moment of reunification with his brother, Yosef also saw that which was going to be lost. See, he cried over the necks of Binyamin, the two Bate Mikdash, the two temple, that's why it's the plural, the two temples, the first base Hamikdash, the second base Hamikdash, which would both be built in the tribal area of Binyamin, and unfortunately both would be destroyed. That's what Yosef was crying over in that moment. And what about Binyamin crying on Yosef's neck? Al-Mishkan Shiloh. That ultimately, again, he was crying for the, for the destruction of the Mishkan in Shiloh, which was in the tribal portions of Yosef's sons. So, an incredible medrash, a really incredible medrash. Shasidin Leos Bechel Kosho Yosef. So, obviously what the medrash is trying to highlight over here is in this moment of reunification, in this moment of, of achtos, of brotherly, of, of familial unity, both brothers saw prophetically that this was not the end of the road of pain, the journey of pain for Klal Yisrael. That although again in this moment there was unbridled happiness, joy, elation over the reunification of the family, the journey was not done. And there would be many more stops along the journey filled with pain, with adversity, with tragedy and loss. And they see that. 
They both see it prophetically. Yosef sees the temples, the Bet, the Bate Mikdash in the tribal area of Binyamin. He sees them destroyed. Binyamin sees the Mishkan in the tribal area of Yosef. Yosef's sons destroyed. They see that. And of course, even on a, on a deeper level, so much of the Beis HaMikdash of the Mishkan is lost because of Sinas Chinam, because of hatred, animosity, discord within our ranks. The same, the same things, the same feelings, the same negativity that led to the sale of Yosef. It would be wonderful to think that now everything was cured, but it wasn't. And the brothers see in that moment of intense joy, they realize that there was so much more pain ahead. So Yosef cries for the losses that will be incurred in Binyamin's portion. Binyamin cries for the losses, for the loss, which will be incurred in Yosef's portion. And the Lubavitcher Rebbe, Seyich asks a simple question. He says, I don't understand. Why is Yosef crying over Binyamin's loss? And Binyamin's crying over Yosef's loss. In other words, let Binyamin cry over the fact that he sees prophetically that the two temples, the two Bate Mikdash, will be destroyed in his tribal area. And let Yosef cry over the destruction of the Mishkan in his tribal area. In other words, I understand what the Medrash is driving at. I understand that the brothers see prophetically that this is not the end of the journey. This is not the end of the pain. Unfortunately, there's more to come. But let Binyamin cry over his Saras. Let Yosef cry over his Saras. And that's it. Yosef's crying over Binyamin. Binyamin's crying over Yosef. Ask the Rebbe what's going on over here. And the Rebbe gives such a profound insight. The Rebbe says, why does a person cry? Why does a person cry? The Rebbe says, Crying, a person cries because they feel such incredible and immense pain. And ultimately, it's like the, the crying. The crying, it's like a pressure valve. It releases this so much emotional pressure building up inside of me. So the crying lets out. That's why you ever hear the expression that a person says, I just need a good cry. What does that mean you just need a good cry? It means that there's so much emotional pressure building up inside of me, I just need a release for it. I just need a release. So the Rebbe says that the point of crying is to release that emotional pressure building up inside of the crier. But then the Rebbe goes on one more moment. He says, so this is incredible. Says the Rebbe, when you cry, what does crying solve? What does crying solve? And the answer, of course, we know, and we, we learn this throughout our diet life, crying solves nothing. Crying solves nothing. Does it make me feel a little bit better? At times, at times. Does it relieve some of the emotional pressure that's building up? Absolutely. Does crying solve problems? Absolutely not. And here says the Rebbe as a profound message. When I see another person suffering, and I see another person having difficulty, very often in life, you cannot solve someone else's problems. You can't. We see this, you know, when we're young, sometimes you think we're going to solve all the problems in the world, right? I see a problem, I'm going to solve it. Suddenly broken, I'm going to fix it. And that's beautiful, and it's idealistic, and it's mamish helig, it's so holy. But as we get older, we recognize, and it's a very sobering truth, I can't fix your problems. I can't fix that which is broken in your life. I can help you. I can help you. But I can't fix anything for you. So it says that sometimes when we see someone else suffering, the reaction to that is, I cry. I cry because I feel your pain. I feel your difficulty. I feel like I'm walking in it. I feel it. I feel it as if it was my own. 
but I can't fix your problems. I can't repair your life. I can't make you whole. The one thing I could offer you is empathy. And that empathy often comes in the form of heartfelt tears. I'm giving you my emotions. I'm telling you, I'm there with you as you suffer, but I can't fix this for you. Says the Rebbe, so you can cry for other people's problems. But there's one set of problems you can't cry over, says the Rebbe, and those are your own. Why? Because, explains the Rebbe, instead of crying over your problems, use that same energy to fix your problems. Crying might make you feel good in the short term. It might relieve some of the emotional pressure, which is a very healthy thing. But everyone knows, even if you have that good cry, you haven't solved the problem. Don't waste the emotional energy of the tears crying over your problem. Harness that energy and do something to fix it. This incredible dialectic. When I look at you and you're struggling, you're having a difficult time, I can't fix your problems. I can't mend your broken heart. I can't make you whole. So the only thing I could do for someone else who's having a difficult time is I give you my hand, I give you my shoulder, I give you an attentive ear, and I give you my tears. I give you my empathy. But when it comes to our own challenges, we so often make the mistake of thinking, all I could do is cry. All I could do is lament. All I can do is complain. All I can do is shed hot tears of such disappointment. And instead says that, but it's not true. Over your own problems, you don't cry. Over your own problems, you roll up your sleeves and you try to fix it. And that says that is the message contained over here. Yosef cried over the destruction of the Bate Mikdash that would happen in Binyamin's portion. Binyamin cried over the destruction of the Mishkan that would happen in Yosef's portion. Because these brothers loved each other. So Yosef saw the pain of his brother. Oh my Binyamin, I, I, I can't fix your pain, but I give you my empathy. And Binyamin, but Yosef, Yosef won't cry over his own destruction. Why? Because Yosef says, you know what? My problems, my problems, I'm not going to cry over them. I'm going to roll up my sleeves and work on them. Binyamin sees the destruction of the Mishkan. I, my brother, I'm so sad for you. Gives Yosef his tears. For Binyamin's own problem destruction of Esam Mikdash, that I'm not going to cry for. That, again, I'm going to roll up my sleeves and try some way, somehow, to make this better. And what a profound lesson the Lubavitcher Rebbe Zuchusa Yogin Alinu is teaching us. When it comes to the other, and you see someone else suffering, and we know this, sometimes whether you go to a shiva home and you pay a shiva visit, and you think you're going to come up with some type of theological profundity that's going to make people feel, it's not true. It's not true. When somebody is suffering, there's very little you can say to go ahead and make them feel better. And there's very little you can do to actually go ahead and mend their broken heart. But what can you do? You can give them of yourself. I'm here. My, 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 like I said, I'm here to hug you. I'm here to hold you. There's a shoulder to cry on, an attentive ear, and my tears. I'm giving you my emotion, my empathy. I love you. I'm here for you. But I can't fix you. That's good for the other. When it comes to ourselves, the way to deal with our problem is not self-empathy. And the way to deal with our problems is not self-pity. And the way to deal with our problems is not simply to shed tears over how difficult our circumstances are. There might be a time and place for that to relieve some of the emotional pressure that builds up. But at the end of the day, when it comes to our own problems and our own challenges in life, 
we learn from these two holy brothers, Yosef and Binyamin. Cry for the other. But when it comes to your own challenges, roll up your sleeves, get to work, and try to figure out how to make it better. May we be Zohar Hashem to find the strength of these brothers, both to be there for one another and ultimately to help ourselves propel ourselves out of the difficult moments of life as well. Wishing everyone a good Erev Shabbos and a beautiful Shabbos Kodesh.